0: Here we go. Jake and Josh are here (laughs) to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts.
1: Thanks for tuning into another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. We have lined them up down the bar. We have all taken shots of Pepto-Bismol. We are finally trying to, as hard as we can, digest this Miami Dolphins loss to the Tennessee Titans. But we have a lot to talk about. Hard Knocks aired on Tuesday night. The Miami Dolphins added a familiar face to the practice squad, and we do got to talk about the end of season schedule. And the only two guys I can do that with, Merrick Brave Joshua Houts. Welcome in, gentlemen.
2: What's going on, you two? Jake, you were talking about taking shots of Pepto Bismol. I might have had a shot of something else to get ready for this pod because uh, I got a lot to get off my chest. I need to make sure I'm I'm limber, I'm loose because I'm uh, I'm a little. I'm a little pissed off. I don't know about you two, but I'm a little pissed off. P.O.ed. How about you, Joshua? Yeah, I'm P.O.ed, but I think
3: you're going to scare our listeners off. I think the last time you went on a, uh, you know, you were being completely honest and blunt about things, uh, rubbed a little bit of our listeners the wrong way. But yeah, man, it was des- disappointing. I'm just glad to be able to come on here and talk to you guys. I hope we're not taking shots of amoxicillin, though. My kids, uh, they've been sick. They got amoxicillin, that really delicious pink bubblegum uh, medicine from when we were a kid. Apparently, they're both allergic to it. So, Oh, um, no. My daughter looks like a spotted leopard after six days. So um, yeah, no shots of Moxicillin over here. You're going through it.
1: But no, no team goes undefeated, right? You kind of got to, you got to deal with the, uh, the troubles, but Joshua, you holding up head, head, hot, head held high,
3: head held high. Yeah. We're still what nine and four. I keep trying to do the math and trying to see how many games we have left, but we're still in a good spot, but I'm starting to feel queasier for sure. I mean, Jake, we talk about it every week. You know, they still have that 1% chance of missing the playoffs. And I'm just just keep getting queasier. So let's talk about this.
1: When you start doing something new, right, you get a bunch of firsts. I'm not going in that direction. Don't worry about it. But let's say, for instance, you're figuring out how to work the kitchen and you burn yourself for the first time. And you're like, well, that really hurt. What you don't know is you can burn yourself a lot worse. And what you once thought was a decent burn, it was kind of soft. So, Merrick, I kind of want to ask you. This, I think, will be your second pounding of the chest rants. And all I want to ask is this burn feels like a legit burn where that burn before you were just you were just really starting to figure out what hot meant before. Can 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 we get to that page or do you think that this demon is, is the same level?
2: No, no, that's a great analogy there because at least the, the losses earlier in the year were to good teams, right? Like, especially that Bills loss when when we thought the Bills were still an elite team, a juggernaut team, which they're rounding into that again at the right time for them and the wrong time for us. That kind of sucks. But, you know, this, this game against a team like the Tennessee Titans, a four-win team going into this game, this felt like uh, a layup. This felt like our chance to showcase ourselves on national TV, Monday night football at home in front of the world. And that didn't happen. In fact, they fell flat on their faces at the end of the game and embarrassed themselves, embarrassed us as fans of the team and gave us that same old dolphins feeling. Right. And I think that's why this one hurts so much is because we're not that far removed from last season when the team started eight and three and then finished the regular season at nine and eight. This year, the team starts nine and three, they lose a game to the Tennessee Titans, a game they shouldn't have lost. And we have four games left and we very well, I I hate to say it, we very well could end the season at nine and eight again. Even if you win a game, you know, this weekend against the Jets, you're, you're, you're 10 and seven, like, that's what i'm scared of that's what i'm worried about i don't want to see it happen but the way they played with their backups uh on the offensive line at safety all of the injuries they suffered in this one it's got me feeling scared scared shitless you you might have to bleep that josh but i i'm scared i'm nervous i i I've lost a lot of confidence in this team. And again, I love this team. I'll always love this team. You're not going to see me ditch this team for another team. I'll always be a supporter of the Miami Dolphins, but I just got to, I just got to call it. Like I see it. I gotta, I gotta call it like it is. And and I've lost confidence in this team because up until now they lost games against good teams. That happens. Well, now they lost a game against a bad team. And we're not the only team that's lost a game against a bad team this year, but we lost this game in a very crucial situation where if we would have won this game, you would have only needed, what, one more victory to, to essentially eliminate the Buffalo Bills from AFC East contention? And instead of doing that, we just cracked that door wide open, and we said, hey, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, James Cook, come on in, buddy. The air's warm in here. It's Miami, Week 18. You win, you win the AFC East. We win. We win. We send you packing. And I don't like that. I didn't want to have to face that. I didn't want to see that in week 18, but it feels like we're headed in that direction.
3: I am I mean, I have anxiety, and I'm getting all anxious just listening to this because I can mean, I, I felt...
1: Can I, can I ease your anxiety with one question to Merrick? Let's hear it. Mer- Merrick, the, the Bills are rounding into form. Was that what you said? Yeah, it, it feels like they're playing better football. Yeah. Does that include going one and one over the last two does that include going two and two over the last four does that include going three and three over the last six
2: that includes taking the philadelphia eagles to the limit who played in last year's super bowl and that includes
1: that for three quarters
2: yeah but the bills did it for the entire game they they lost it because that fits your argument mister but the bills did it for the entire game they played the eagles a lot closer than we did and quite honestly, probably should have won that game. They didn't. I'll give you that. But then they did last week go to Kansas city and beat the chiefs in Kansas city, who are the defending Super Bowl champions. Another team, the Miami dolphins lost to,
1: uh, they lost to the Broncos. They, they sure did. They lost to the jets. They sure did. And the Patriots are those three teams. The dolphins beat. No, but did the dolphins beat the bills earlier this
2: year when they played them? They get to play them again. They do get to play them again. And I'll be rooting for them just as hard as everybody else. But you can't tell me that right now your confidence level is as high as it was even just one week ago that the Dolphins are going to be able to beat the Bills in week 18. Uh, Yeah, what's happened in a week? Exactly. And that's why I'm feeling queasy. Because what, the Bills the, just beat the Chiefs and the Dolphins just lost to the Titans. And I don't like the way that one team is ascending while another team is descending, especially with all of the injuries that the Dolphins have suffered over the last couple of weeks.
1: It's like when you look at a stock, if you see it go a little bit in in your little when you can press one week. Then you press a month. It doesn't look that bad. I mean, it's a full football season, Joshua. You, you're in your your car's been running out in the cold. It's been about 30 degrees, but it's all warm inside. I know there's some steam intakes in there, so I'm sorry to cut you off. It's just always fun to fun to poke Merrick here when he gets mad. I'm sorry.
3: No, I need you guys to go back and forth. That's what we need, right? We need that. And then we can cut that clip and everyone will just go crazy and they'll come flock to the podcast. <laughs> but I think what Merrick's basically saying is what we were kind of alluding to last week, and that's that we should have pulled the trigger when we had the chance and, you know, um, hoped that the Chiefs beat the Bills. You know, before the game, everyone was undecided. Should we root for the Bills, should we root for the Chiefs? I thought we I was rooting for the Chiefs. I wanted to put the Bills out of their misery. Now there's still have some life in them. Like Merrick's saying, they are playing good football. But um, I think what made me the most sad about this game is, you know, I've been so reserved and I always had that mentality in the back of my mind. Like it's the dolphins they are going to mess this up. And going into this, I just felt uber confident, right? I think we all did it. This was the uh, um, Titans team, which we got to give them credit, right? You got to give Mike Vrabel credit because he has figured out a way to stop this offense. I mean, I think too, it was 34, three, what, back in January a season ago when our season ended to the Titans or two years ago. Now this game, I mean, they have figured out a way to stop the offense and um um tip your hat to them but the dolphins this was a game they had to win again national television a game that we've seen somehow always seem to lose and um they just let us down right in historic fashion i think it was what never been done in 767 games or something a team has come back after being down was it 13 points um of course that's points. what the- and, and, and did they show the stat before it i mean i watched it, it was 4 a.m in the morning i was uh completely oblivious to the world did they show the stat before that happened like is that something that they jinxed us with or was that just something we figured out at the end of that game i can't remember
1: i don't even know if they'd have enough time to look it up like it just it just it's, it's just yeah. bananas i just could, i, I
3: can could just picture i'm hitting it with the graphic and then like the dolphin just spiraling <laughs> out of control after that because i mean that's what happened it was just uh a piss poor performance at the end and it just felt like you both have said that's so dolphins and that's what you have to be sitting here wondering right are we that so dolphins are we the team that you know has flundered- before in the past and you know, seen their season go to the shitter, or are we ascending and going to rise from the ashes and um let this wart, you know, be a, a battle scar? I don't know. We'll see what happens over the next four weeks.
1: This game was a two-parter in the worst way possible because the night following the game, we got to relive it all again on hard knocks. And obviously the show ends with what happened on Monday Night Football, but I think we were able to get a look on do you guys feel that? hard knocks to uh, showcase the dolphins as a team that might've been overlooking the Tennessee Titans, or is it something where you just had a bad game? You know, and
2: I think, and not even just hard knocks, but I do feel like the dolphins were kind of feeling themselves a little bit. You went on the road to the commanders, you beat them by 30 points. It's hard not to look at yourself and go, Hey man, my, my, you know, what doesn't stink. You know, we're, we're, we're feeling pretty good right now. Uh, And then you look at the final three games and you got the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills on tap for those three games. And so it's the classic trap game, right? We're at home. It's Monday night football under the lights. We got a drone show before the game. They got 500 drones, Tyreek Hill doing a backflip on there. You know, everybody's feeling good. And even Bradley Chubb said so after the game. Like they kind of – the defense in particular took their feet off the gas pedals you know they 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 felt okay 14 point lead four minutes to go we got this we're good and all of a sudden drives of a minute and 54 seconds a three and out by the offense and then a drive of 26 seconds both of those end in touchdowns for the titans and all of a sudden the dolphins are losing and it's it's a blur it's like wait how did this happen what's going on here and and that's what happens when you overlook teams it, it to me it felt like a classic trap game Com- compounded by the fact that the Dolphins suffered multiple injuries early on guys got dinged up Connor Williams obviously tore his ACL out for the year the center is one of the most important positions along the offensive line and we've seen how this team performs differently when Liam Eichenberg is at center and I feel like Liam Eikenberg for as much crap as he gets, he's actually been a pretty decent player for the Dolphins, a reserve player for the Dolphins on this offensive line this year. But I did not think he played well on Monday night. I thought he had a lot of key penalties. Um, you know, there were some snapping issues, obviously, that that fumble. Uh you know, the, the low snap that Tua picks up and then he fumbles it again on the two yard line when they're going into the red zone between that and the blocked field goal. There's 10 points right there. Like th- it, we lost the game by one point. You know, these are just the things that the Dolphins have consistently been doing, shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again in these losses. And and these are the things that are that are embarrassing. So to, to answer your question, Jake, yeah, I do feel like the Dolphins were overlooking uh, the Titans on Monday night. And what happened after that 70 point victory, or excuse me, the, the, the 50 point victory where they scored 70 points against the Denver Broncos. They went to the Buffalo bills the very next week and got waxed by Josh Allen and company. So it feels like that's a chronic problem that this dolphins team has. And you wonder if, You know, and Mike McDaniel, he passes along the right message. Hey, no, it's a one-game season, yada, yada, yada. But you do wonder if maybe that message isn't reaching the team as it should be um, because it's happened multiple times in a row now.
3: Yeah, I mean, and I think that's what it is, right? I think that they're just – they're they're they were overlooking the Tennessee Titans. They realized that this was a team that they probably you know Will Levis. We talked about Jake, right? Sometimes these teams that don't have anything to fight for are the date most dangerous. So they were, I think, overlooking them a little bit. Probably, maybe even overlooking the Jets. If we're being completely honest, because like we've mentioned, that uh, stretch down the final four, three weeks of the season is absolutely brutal. I think what was most disappointing to me was the way the offense played, right? When Tyree kill went out, I mean, we knew that he was a lifeline, you know, um, a co-MVP candidate, an MVP candidate, but as soon as he went out, you know, it, it seriously looks felt like Cinderella, right? Where the clock hits midnight and that beautiful carriage with the horse turns into a pumpkin. Cause that offense looked like they could just not do anything outside of run the football. And, Again, that's another thing that's frustrating late in the game when you want to continue to um, utilize that run game that was working effectively. It seemed like at times Mike McDaniel went away from the run game. It was just an absolute brutal way for that game to end. And I felt like throughout the entire game, you know, there were just missed opportunities and things the Dolphins need to clean up. I think they are, you know, they have the right message. They realize that in order to get to where they need to do, you know, need to be, they need to. Um, eliminate these type of performances from their game. But um, it, you can't really pinpoint it on one person. It was a complete group effort, and um, this is what we were scared of, right? For so many weeks, we talked about when the uh, calendar turns December, can the Dolphins win games? Can Tuts of a little play as best? And even late in that game, when the Dolphins got the ball back? I don't know about you guys, but I felt pretty damn confident. Okay, the Dolphins are going to march down the field, get it in field goal range. We're going to have Jason Sanders redeem himself for that block didn't happen. So, I mean, there was one of those opportunities where you want your star quarterback to step up despite, you know, the plethora of injuries. I mean, Liam Eikenberg at center, the, the rotating of guards. I mean, you can sit here and call them excuses, but at least late in the season, every team's dealing with those and we need to rise up above that. So um, it sucks that we're sitting here talking about loss when we were all going into this week, you know, assuming it was going to be a win and
2: shame on us for that. I'll I'll, I'll give you another thing, another reason. And uh, you know, you, you kind of talked about it. A little bit there, Josh. But another reason why why this loss feels so demoralizing is because the Titans did everything within their power to give that game away, to give this game to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins' offense was putrid without Tyreek Hill, which is inexcusable in my mind when you still have players like Jalen Waddell, D- Devon Achan Raheem Mostert. You, you have those guys on your offense. Name another offense in the National Football League that can compare... To that offense even without Tyree kill in the speed department if you have all of that speed at your disposal Mike McDaniel and you are the genius that everyone's saying that you are and again I love Mike McDaniel happy he's the coach want him here for decades to come why can't you get creative and scheme up ways to get yards with those three players with the amount of speed that they have but again the Titans did everything within their power to give this game away you had a Zach Sealer pick six how improbable is that then you had a muffed Punt return that gift-wrapped a Dolphins touchdown. And then you had a pitch by Will Levis, a little bit behind Derrick Henry, but hits him in the hands. Henry fumbles it. Dolphins recover, which leads to a short touchdown by the offense. That's 21 points that were gift-wrapped for the Miami Dolphins. Outside of those 21 points, this Dolphins offense, one of the best offenses in the league, scored six points. Six. Total. Two field goals. What happened? I get it injuries on the offensive line. Injuries to Tyreek Hill. Everybody's banged up. Every team is banged up. And if you if you can't score points when Tyreek Hill isn't on the field, you better figure that problem out because Tyreek Hill has been in and out of games for the last few weeks. He had the hand injury. He had the ankle injury prior to this ankle injury. He he's if you're going to utilize him as much as you are, he's going to get banged up. It's a long season. You still have four regular season games to go. You still have a playoff run. Fingers crossed, toes crossed, knock on wood. You know, hopefully, you got to be able to figure out how to put points on the board when
1: Tyreek Hill's not out there. Six. So we, got, we got to watch hard knocks. And we're under the impression that they were overlooking the Titans. So, Joshua, what would you want to see different when you see a scenario that after the game you hear there's a players-only meeting, that during the week you do see Mike McDaniel preaching the we cannot fall for the same trap we have last year. We see him calling out players, Duke Riley, for instance, saying, hey, practice has been fine, but we need to be better. We see Tua struggling and Mike McDaniel trying to light a fire into him. Specifically, I look at the quote where McDaniel looks at Tua and he says, your best throws are when, when you decide what you're doing not before the play, is when you develop and you read the play and you go with the actual play so this seemed like a team at least from mike mcdaniel's standpoint that was trying to find a match that could spark this offense spark the defense and just kind of keep them mentally focused was this a scenario where you need to see more are there going to be more player only meetings
3: I don't think so. I think that's probably just the players realizing you can't crumble late in this game, or you can't give up that big of a lead. You know, you can't be down. I mean, and again, it goes back to injuries, right? I think Elijah Campbell had something to do with that big crosser that kind of opened up that one drive. Um, Again, the offensive line was deteriorating, but those aren't excuses this late in the season. So I think you're right, Jake. I think, you know, Mike McDaniel's preaching the right things, having a player's only me. And that's, I mean, that's something we're only hearing now. And that's exactly what you want to hear after this disappointing loss. You're going against a Jets team who I think Zach Wilson did some good stuff this past weekend. But again, it's the Jets, man. This is a game that you should be able to win. And then, um, you know, you pick or choose one of those. If you can win one of those of the last three, I mean, the Dolphins should be sitting. Fairly pretty. So, I mean, again, I think they're doing everything they can, but heading into this one, I think they might have just been, you know, taking their foot off the pedal a little bit. And again, you got to tip your hat to Mike Vrabel because they came out defensively and they're ready to play. And even Will Levis, you know, to to his point, I mean, he went out there and uh, he looked like a solid quarterback in this league.
2: The Dolphins only need to win two more games, that's it. So, so you pick your poison. You have to win this Jets game. This is a, I mean, technically, if you only need to win two more, you don't have to. But when looking at the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills, what's most likely to happen? In, 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 you know, are they more likely to beat the Jets or, or one of those three teams or two of those three teams? So, they have to do it. And this Cowboys Bills game is so consequential to the Dolphin season this week, like. It's, it's nearly a must win for the Cowboys over the bills, but for the dolphins, you know what I mean? It's not a must win for the Cowboys. You know, if they want a shot at their division, sure. But in terms of dolphins land, we need the Cowboys to beat the Bills this
1: weekend. It has to happen. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. It has but the, to happen. I mean, the, the Cowboys, this is 100% of us. Must- the Cowboys have the one seed right now. They direly need to win the win, win this game, or the Eagles will retake the one seed there, or at least the NFC. So, yeah, they're go- they're going to be chomping at the bit to get out there and beat Buffalo, too. God, Do the Cowboys have the one seed? I believe so right now. Oh, wow. I think they
3: took it this weekend from them. They, they uh, yeah, went yeah. in and
1: sniped it from the Eagles. well. Yeah. So I mean, least, they're going to be they're, the they're going to be playing least, hard. Need. Yeah. Joshua Houts jumped over on the Finsider yesterday and shared some news that the Miami Dolphins have brought back Melvin Ingram. Joshua Houts, I will let you tee us off here. How did it happen? Why did it happen? All the journalistic Ws. Let's hear them.
3: Well, I can do none of that. I mean, I was going to say he can play center, but he can't do any of that, right? So I can't really tell you why it
1: happened. We know we've been looking for that defensive
3: line depth. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Emmanuel Agaba can slide inside a little bit at times, as can Melvin Ingram. He's a guy that I think we were all rooting for hard when he came over to the Miami Dolphins. Um, I wish my had my article up. I know he's... uh. 34 years old, I believe. I believe he's 34 years old. He had, I think, 20 tackles, six and a half sacks the other uh, year with the Miami Dolphins. So it's just another depth piece. I mean, it makes me wonder, what's Jason Pierre-Paul doing, right? What have they seen from him over these last few weeks? Is there maybe another injury that we're going to only hear about, you know, closer? To a Sunday's game. Um, but I think Melvin Ingram was a guy that they've continued to talk to. I know earlier in the year, back in June, I think Mike McDaniel was asked about Melvin Ingram and Brandon Shell, and he kind of said that they still had some interest in him, but the money wasn't right. So this late in the year, Ingram might have, you know, an opportunity maybe for a ring, you know, praying for that and an opportunity to come in there and make an impact, whether it be in the run game, rushing the passer. So um that's why they brought him back. And I'm a little bit intrigued by it because again, I think we all remember some of the big plays he had um a season ago and what type of difference maker he was. I think we were a little bit surprised that didn't bring him back earlier in the year so i'm all on board with this what do you guys think
1: merrick how are you kind of uh where's your radar going on this because um instantly go to jason pierre paul what's happening there because that's the most recent uh, defensive and the miami dolphins have brought in however i think it's interesting i believe that melvin ingram is on the practice squad and melvin ingram and, and jason pierre paul the way they play the styles it- when you're bringing players into your team i don't think you're trying to get the same things out of players like jpp and melvin ingram so i'm curious to get your thoughts on if you think this is directed at him, or maybe there's something else happened here at edge rusher
2: yeah, you know, I think there's a little bit of that, but but here's something that that I would put out there. Melvin Ingram had the reputation of being a locker room leader last year and being kind of a guy that was able to get other players kind of hyped up and get them focused and and get them get them playing right on game day. And I think You know, you mentioned it earlier, Jake, this last episode of Hard Knocks, you saw Mike McDaniel going to Duke Riley and being like, hey, dude, you know, speak up a little bit. Let's get this defense, you know, let's get a little more energy in this practice here ahead of this this big Monday night game. And if Mike McDaniel's feeling like this team needs a little bit of an extra spark, why not go to the guy who was able to provide that for you? last year on the defensive side of the ball. And I think another thing too, is you got to look at the snap counts of some of these defensive linemen. They're really high. This Dolphins team, the, the rotation just isn't there as it is with other teams and they could be getting tired. They could be getting, you know, a little bit worn out. So bringing in a guy like Melvin Ingram, a guy who can rotate in and give some of these players and Andrew Van Ginkle, a Bradley Chubb, a, a series off, that's going to pay dividends as the season wears on. It's a long season, 17 games. And then you got the postseason beyond that. So bringing a guy in who can rotate in on some of these pass pass rushing reps, maybe a little bit more effectively than JPP has been able to do. I think that's a good thing. And we've talked about it before there's no such thing as having too many edge rushers on a single football team. So getting Melvin Ingram out there and allowing him to to be unleashed and go get the quarterback, that's going to be a good thing for the Dolphins.
1: The Dolphins have been one of the best teams I rushing the quarterback, getting to the quarterback, disrupting the quarterback. Obviously things change so much when you lose someone like Jalen Phillips for the entire year. Will Levis was sacked just one time on Monday Night Football. Josh, is this a scenario where you think, I, Merrick, I actually do really like your point about being a locker room guy, uh, but do you think this is something where the Dolphins just didn't see enough against the Titans and already, you know, I'm sure this late in the season every GM kind of has their top two guys at every single position. If they were to add free agents at this list, was it simply like, Hey, we didn't see enough. Maybe we aren't getting enough from Andrew Van Ginkle. Cause we need him to play nickel a little bit more. And you got to bring in a guy like Melvin Ingram.
3: Yeah, I think you both made great points. I mean, you just mentioned right there, you know, with Andrew Van Ginkel, maybe they want him to play a little bit more inside more and they're bringing in a Melvin Ingram to kind of take on that role. I guess I continue to wonder what Jason Pierre-Paul's doing. So um, also Merrick mentioning how he could be just coming in there to be that locker room leader and to get everybody ready to go and to be that depth piece. So Um, I think you're both a little bit right. I'm just intrigued to see what his snap counts look like because, like you guys said, before this game, the Dolphins were doing a pretty good job of getting to the quarterback. Um, I don't know if you guys – there were news that dropped today. The Dolphins brought in Matt Skura to the practice squad, the veteran center that spent time with uh, the Ravens and Giants and Rams. Uh, played 77 games, started 73 games. So um, there is now another center. I was reading a transcript today where it said Liam Meikenberg ended that game with some bumps and bruises and things like that. And Michael Daniels made it sound like it'd be fine, but I'm thinking, dude, this is the only center on the roster. Like you guys are kind of downplaying this one. So uh, they did bring in a center today and uh, also another offensive lineman, Jonathan Harris.
2: Hey, and and you know what? Credit to Chris Greer for continuing to turn those stones. I really like the addition of Skura there. Um, hopefully he can bring something to the roster. I do think Liam Eikenberg has played his best football this year at the guard spots. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you can have one of Lester Cotton or Robert Jones on the field at any given time and we'll be okay. I That's don't fine. want to see both of them on the field at the same time. You know, so if Liam Eichenberg can move over to left guard or right guard and Scura can come in and provide a, a, an anchor at that center position, I'll feel a lot better about this offensive line. But you need these bodies because that's I guess that's another problem I saw with this game. And, and we've talked about it earlier. Me specifically. The Dolphins have been super conservative with injuries this season. And I think this was the game where where it really came back to bite him in the ass teron armstead sits so kendall lamb's out there Connor williams gets hurt so liam eikenberg has to play center you move a guy like robert jones into the lineup and and you're just looking there and you have four reserve offensive linemen playing with one healthy starter and that's austin jackson who has been an abysmal player up until this year now he earned that new contract uh, which is a is a great thing but he didn't have his best game uh, on monday night either so you sit these guys, and you, Robert Hunt didn't play, Teron Armstead didn't play, and you're just saying, Well, we'll go out there and we'll beat you with our backups. And what happened? You got punked. Tua got sacked five times in that game. So I think. That the Dolphins need to realize, hey, we're at the end of the season here. Things are getting a little bit hairy. I wrote it in my uh, good, bad, ugly column on the FinCider this week. It's time to take the kitty gloves off and let football players be football players and go out there with with a couple bruises, a couple you know, a couple bumps, like you talked about, Josh, and say, hey, it, it ain't ballet, brother. Go out there and play some football and play it to the best of your ability. And if it doesn't work, and 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 if there's a little bit of a setback, we'll deal with it then. But You can't keep saving these guys for later when soon enough there isn't going to be a later if you keep losing these football games because
1: you're playing backups all game long. I mean, they've lost one game in December. I know, but I'm pissed off about it. So, Robert I'm
2: I'm nervous, Jake, because I saw how it played out last year, and it wasn't just last year. How many years have we seen this late season collapse from the Miami Dolphins? It never ends, and I don't want this year to be a repeat of years past, and I'm just so nervous that it's going to be.
1: The thing is, no matter what you want, it don't matter. It doesn't whatever matter. Whatever you say, it does not matter. No. It does not matter. They will find a way. They will find a way. I know that. You know that. We all know that. Um, <laughs> Please. Looking no. at this weekend, the, the Jets that. are a, a fierce opponent. We got Robert Hunt listed as doubtful for the game as of Wednesday. Tron Armstead, Liam Eichenberg, Austin Jackson, all this is questionable. I do think there is also something to the point where the Dolphins they list everybody on the injury report. When you see what happened with Mike, or, uh, what was it? The Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. And all of a sudden there was like a wristband gate because some intern took a video. This was like the, the, the two of throwing a deep ball that Tyreek that was over under thrown type uh, blunder here by the social media team where uh, Joe Burrow, they caught him wearing a, a wrist brace, but I, I'm cool. If the dolphins list, everybody as questionable. The Patriots did it forever with Tom Brady. It annoys other teams at the very least. And at the very most, we kind of get an idea of, Hey, like Merrick said, it's football. These guys are all going to be injured. So maybe if someone struggles for a game or something, maybe it's more than just, you know, they kind of just suck.
2: The, the difference between the Dolphins and the Patriots is the Patriots would list those guys questionable and then they would play. The Dolphins lift these, list these guys questionable and then they don't play for like three weeks in a row.
1: And, and common, I'm hoping that changes. What was that? In common, they both leave the division.
2: Yes. Well, but for now, for <laughs> <Hold> <laughs> the rope, damn it. Just hold the rope. <laughs> that's all they got to do. Squid game taught me you lean backwards when you're holding the rope. Right. And then you, you win every game with tug of war. That's how it works.
3: Yeah. That's how squid game works. We do got to give a shout out to Raheem Mostert tying uh, Ricky Williams franchise record, uh, 16 total touchdowns. I mean, who would have thought that would happen it was four games still to go. I think he has the most total touchdowns as well in franchise history. So shout out to Raheem Mostert. And then I wanted to ask you guys, we didn't plan this, but you know, coming into this, if we had an MVP vote, at least personally, I would have sat there and said to a, time, a but after you saw what you did this last game, after you saw this offense turn into an absolute pumpkin without Tyree Kill out there, would you guys vote Tyree Kill in that MVP? You know, if you had that one vote, who would you pick if you were, obviously you're using that on a Homer pick. I'm not picking Patrick Mahomes with that. No matter how well he's played, I'm not picking Lamar Jackson. I would have picked to a, time, a after seeing that offense turn to a pumpkin. I got to be honest. I think uh, there's a lot more to the Tyree Kill MVP, uh, candidate thing not like it matters all we want is playoff wins all we want is Super Bowls but um just tinfoil hat who do you guys who you guys giving that vote to
2: I agree with you Josh I would give it to Tyreek he you know two is having a good season but not like a season that other quarterbacks haven't had recently Tyreek Hill is on pace to have the best single season any wide receiver has ever had ever like like that at least in terms of receiving yards and and his touchdown numbers are really high as well like that to me, screams most valuable player. If you do something that that nobody has ever done before, oh by the way, he, he had 61 receiving yards on Monday. Still on pace for over 2,000 yards this season, so it's a thing that can still happen. And if he does that, you give him the MVP. But I'll go a little bit deeper than that to see how Tyreek Hill. He laid on the on the ground after the ankle injury. He was clutching at his leg. Everybody thought that's it. Season's up in smoke. He's done. He'll he'll he's not taking another snap for the Dolphins this year. To see him get up, start limping towards the sideline, and then say, oh, hell no, I ain't going out like that, and then sprint to the sidelines, that fired me up so much. And then to see him come back into the game later on, gut it out with whatever horse tranquilizers they had injected into his his ankle there, like to see him come out there and and try his best to contribute to this team and still catch, I believe he had a 24-yard reception and a 25-yard reception after the ankle injury, to see him go out there and do that, that's a dog. That's a man. I like that dude on my team. And, and, you know, in addition to his fantastic season for, for the way he inspires his teammates and just me personally, I'd give him that MVP vote.
1: How much better do you guys think the offense would have l- looked if we knew entering the week, Tyreek couldn't play like, like thinking about the play Kong, think about the system better. you put in, um, how much would change just knowing that, Hey, Tyreek's not out there. Merrick and I were talking about this before the pod and it just, I, I, You know, Mike McDaniel, we see him as this impressive offensive play calling coach. We see Jalen Waddle as an elite playmaker. This offense has these playmakers. So where I I just really think that the Dolphins found themselves in such a tough scenario Monday night where the playbook, like the playbook is this big old tree and the seed that made that big old tree is Tyree kill and taking him out of there. It's not like you could just like slide over Jalen Waddle. It was so interesting to see how you're getting uh, Cedric Wilson involved. I mean, if mike mcdaniel had to do that 10 times over again do you think devon Achans getting nine targets that i thought was absolutely bananas so just looking about how much taking tyree kill out of the math equation warped this playbook and what the dolphins had to do man to me that screams screams your MVP right there it's it's been that way all year i know it's so fun to look at the the highlights when when two can throw six touchdowns and half of them are going to jalen waddle but i mean tyree kill and, and i'm not saying this offense wouldn't be uh above average without Tyree kill, especially if you got that money and invested it elsewhere. But when you invest that much money in one player specifically, you need them to be more than just, you know, the receptions and the yards, the offense needs to go through them. So, so much. Otherwise you're either overpaying for someone who's not giving you the value or you're just not maximizing it. And I think for Tyree kill to be maximizing the contract he has, which is absolutely bananas. He has to be in the MVP conversation. And I think they're doing a great job at that. Yeah,
2: and and hopefully he's all right. Uh, You have that practice report in front of you, Jake. Uh, Was he
1: a limited participant today or a DNP? I still just got him. It's questionable. I will let you know momentarily, though. The the practice reports are so hard because – Especially on Wednesdays. He loves the rest days. I mean, what was it? The first five weeks of the season, it was every fantasy guy ever was like, Raheem Oster, he's already getting hurt. And then, you know, by Thursday, he's already a full practice and they'd forget and just do the same thing every week.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Tyreek Hill was a did not practice today, you know, considering he only played about two quarters, maybe a quarter and a half on Monday. And we're only two days removed from that. Um, But if they want to be. If you want. Let's rock and roll, baby. Let me know what
1: Devon a did not practice. Teron Armstead did not wait, practice. Wait, 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 wait. What H? What's going on with a What's he got? Sorry. a toe. Oh, Teron bro. Armstead knee ankle. Liam Eichenberg calf. Deshaun Elliott concussion ribs. Tyreek Hill ankle. Xavier Howard hip. Robert Hunt hamstring. Raheem JFC. Mostert knee vet rest. And then we got a couple of questionables. Javon Holland, Austin Jackson, Andrew Van Ginkel. Jackson and Van Ginkel are both oblique while Holland is knees being plural. I don't, I,
2: wow. We should have started.
1: Aaron Rodgers <laughs> <after laughs> did not practice on Wednesday for the New York Jets, in case you're wondering. That's it. The only
3: one? I'm more scared and of Zach Wilson at this point.
1: Solomon Thomas. Jason Brownlee, John Franklin Myers, and and Solomon Holy Thomas. I'm God. sorry Carter Warren was another. And then for limited, they had a handful of guys, including Makai Becton, Breesall, Max Mitchell, and uh, Joe Tipman. So again, I I it's queasy, and uh, I see Merrick's composure just falling apart here. I'm crumbling, especially Jake. When I have to start with Devon Achan. But, no. but the Wednesday injury reports they they baby the hell out of these guys on Wednesday
3: especially when it's they deserve st- it's still a lot man now i'm queasy oh, yeah. as heck i'm glad we waited till the end of this That just uh, i ruined everything
2: yeah that i want to guess you guys you think Ty-
3: do you think tyreek's wife had him in fantasy because didn't he uh say that she was like yo get your ass <laughs> on back out there they must you have had like on. a big money league where uh she had tyree killing it or something because she must have That's she cool. wasn't at the game though
0: huh? i don't I'll,
3: know um and i do I, have to I say t- robbie chosen right they would if if tyree kill wouldn't go in the game they would just game plan robbie chosen a little bit more and Ah, uh, the offense okay. won't skip a beat. Well, there's something to be you're said right, about
2: that because if you're if you're gonna lose Tyree Hill in game, you need somebody to take his spot and open things up for everybody else. So you need that deep threat receiver, and Robbie Chosen is that. Chase Claypool is that, and we didn't see any offensive stats. Throw the for fade Clay to Claypool. It, yeah, honestly yes if you're gonna throw a fade you should throw it to claypool who is a bigger body wide receiver but uh he he didn't get any offensive snaps i don't think even with tyree kill in and out of this one
1: yeah uh, they mentioned that him and cedric kind of play the same role in the offense and that battle was kind of what in practice during the week that said kind of made some plays uh opening up the scenario for him the Dolphins do need that guy that can just really help them. They need a, like a number 84 wide receiver. They need like somebody who's like built yes. like Chris Chambers, just just that number body type. Like I Mike hope everybody sickie. really understands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yes. I'm like Mike like Kitsiki.
1: Just somebody where you can just huck it in the back of the end hey. zone and know that like, and get, I, need, I need less fades in my life, man. A, a Zach
2: Ertz. That. Maybe a Zach Ertz could help this offense.
1: What does it say that he still hasn't signed?
2: That he wants money, <laughs> that the That's Eagles
3: perfect. won't sign him yet. That dude just got cut to go to the Eagles. I hate the Eagles, man. They're shady.
1: Merrick, the one take I've been waiting for is how how is the don't, don't brave down. household? How is everybody bouncing back? I, I know where you're at, but but are the kids following in your footsteps?
2: Yes. Now the kids don't have the benefit of seeing this GD practice report from today, <laughs> which looks like it could have been given to, you know, a general after a battle during World War Two, Devon A. Chain missing a toe. Uh Teron Armstead missing both of his legs, looking like Lieutenant Dan out there. Like, come on, man. Like, what is going on? Get healthy, stay healthy. We need this. Some of these guys are just gonna have to battle through. I swear if they sit all these players and go, oh, we're just resting it up for, for our late season games. I'm like, no, we gotta win this one. So uh the kids are back on, you know, the kids are are still riding with this team. I'm still riding with this team. I don't think we're losing to the New York Jets. I don't think, especially at home, you know basically just say everything we would have said about the titans game and say it for this one too and hope that the uh outcome is different so we're we're picking the dolphins um they did not give me scores they they're a little bummed out but uh my my prediction i think it's going to be a little bit closer the the jets beat the texans by 24 points this past week why did that have to happen that just that just compounds all of this and makes us feel Yeah, it must be must be. We're we're legitimate, but the Texans are frauds.
1: Which ones and... won more teams? Games. <laughs> I think Miami's won what four more games a month no, worth of I, games worth than the Texans.
2: <laughs> I am not here to uh... tell you that the Texans are better than Dolphins. I do think the Dolphins are a better football team than the Houston Texans. And CJ Stroud's got the concussion now. We wish him well. He's been putting together a fantastic rookie year. Um, I do think the dolphins win. I think it's a little bit closer. I'll, I'll take the dolphins 24 to 14 in this one to get us back on the winning track. But I want to know what's your guys' score predictions for this damn Cowboys Bills game? 34 24
3: Cowboys. Okay. I hope you're right. Jake? I think it Should
1: might be 34-31. one of the 31. Man, I don't. I think the bills games, I mean, this is going to be timestamp this at the 39 minute, 44 second mark. Jake became the biggest idiot in the entire world, but man, like Uh the the bills need to prove so much still. I still think we're forgetting about all the injuries that team has dealt with and how, like, like there's a lot that needs to happen. I mean, that they brought Philly to overtime. Philly's not looking like the same team they were when Miami played them a month and a half ago. That's something to keep in mind. I don't know, man. It's just, Buffalo is scary. And I've said time and time again, that Josh Allen at any point can become the best quarterback, the best player in the entire universe. But when you're now two games up in the division on December 13th, the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. Like you gotta go into these games feeling so confident against the New York jets and Zach Wilson. Like we can't just ignore what this offense has done. That's, ricky Mostert is ricky williams 2.0 in this dynamic offense we we can't ignore that stuff and it's just i i can't wait to see hard knocks because i hope we get something into that players only meeting because it's just so confusing how like we have mike mcdaniel like begging like hey we need a seventh year guy to speak up but then you have jalen ramsey going out there day after day saying like you know we're super bowl or bust and you have tyree kill saying this team is better than that kansas city team and, you know, he had some logic behind it of the salary caps going up and yada, yada. But like these guys seem to be locked in all the time. And, and I just hope that we look at that Titans game as like uh, the four minutes that they started to like look into that horror house down the road where it's like, oh, this abandoned house. I wonder what kind of cool things we can get in here. No, there's just monsters that are going to eat you. Go the other way, start picking up wins, and let's forget about this. So who wins, Cowboys or Bills? <laughs> I like the Cowboys. I think that the Cowboys are in such a do or die spot. I mean, they who has more pressure? You think to win that game, the Cowboys
2: certainly the Bills. Certainly, yeah.
1: I don't think the Bills have any pressure in the. I I think the six and six and the. I think the the thing that might have helped the Bills the most is they've already been broken. I don't think they're playing with any you know uh, do or die. They're I think they're as loose as they've ever been. You know, you got people fired. I mean, you have your head coach using the most out outrageous insane motivational tactics ever they have nothing to lose at this point so i mean i see them as a loose team so if the cowboys end up losing this game i think it's because you have the jerry jones intensity factor uh, breathing down their necks but i i think the cowboys are in a spot where they have control of the nfc playoff race and they're not going to let it go bills please don't prove me wrong
2: if the dolphins beat the jets and the cowboys beat the bills You will see a completely different Merrick Brave on this podcast next week. I will be so much more happy, so much more confident that this season is going to play out the way we want it to, that the Dolphins will win the AFC East, but if the Bills somehow beat the Cowboys, I'll be nervous. I'll be very, very nervous because after the Cowboys, the Bills play the Chargers minus Justin Herbert and the New England Patriots before they come to Miami and they play us. And all the Dolphins will have to do, hopefully, is beat the Bills. You know, if 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 the Bills do go undefeated until that game, all the Dolphins will have to do is beat the Bills. But in scenarios where the Dolphins must beat the Bills over the last couple seasons, most of the time it doesn't go the Dolphins' way. And I hope this year it could be different. So I will be rooting. I will be the biggest Dallas Cowboys fan this weekend it's got to happen it's got to
1: happen
3: in in Micah Parsons we trust that's all I want to say
2: yeah
1: Josh the final question goes to you. what's more likely that the oh. Dolphins win out and secure that one seed or the Bills come in take that AFC East title
3: <laughs> I'm not answering that I don't think I don't think the Dolphins can win out I can't answer that oh man oh. I'm not I'm not answering that that's terrible I'm not speaking that into existence the Dolphins are going to win out that's much more likely, for sure. Yeah, dude, don't even. I don't
1: even want to think about the bills swooping in and taking this shit. That's what I'm scared about. That is it. That is all the time we have today on another Dolphins podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. We will be back shortly with our week fifteen, week fifteen game preview. Yes. Jesus, oh, where we'll does the
3: time go? We're gonna miss the well, Dolphins soon enough. Into
1: the win column, Merrick. Don't let you they better. It. It's they been better. going into the wind column all year. Nine hundred and thirty invested into the WinCom. That is all the time we have. Thank you so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. We will be back soon, but until then,
2: pins up, baby! Fins up.